Well, it's uh, really great to see everybody on this fine Sunday. Again, we're, we're grateful that you're with us. My name is Daryl, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here. And as you can see, you know, it, it almost every Sunday is we've got so much going on, and I'm so grateful for the opportunities that we have set before us. And, uh, uh, and so I just uh, really consider, at least pray about uh, supporting a compassion child. Um, but I know if you're involved in other things, we understand. Um, we also want to say hello to those that will listen to our, on us on the podcast. We're grateful that you listen to us, and we're looking forward to meeting you uh, here shortly. Uh, we're also excited about having a baptism this morning. Um, yeah, and I get to do some special things with my nephews and stuff, and we have family here, and I'm really excited. <laughs> Eli, we, I, I stopped when they wanted to put the ice cubes in. <laughs> See, I got a wetsuit, and I know you don't, so I would have survived. <laughs> you know, uh, I want to talk this morning, if you don't mind, a little bit about uh, a couple of words that we, we read in the Bible, Christian and disciple, but we all know um, what an American is, right? And we all know what an Egyptian is, and we all know what a Canadian is, and we all know who the president is, right? <laughs> you, every day. <clears throat> but do we know what a Christian is? What is a Christian? What does the Bible say about Christians? And uh, how, did, how, how is it referred to? So, you might, be, you might say, well, I'm a Christian because I prayed a prayer. I've been baptized. I've been uh, confirmed. I had confirmation. You might refer to Christianity when somebody asks you, about that, you might say one of those things. You might say, well, yeah, I was baptized. You know, um, I prayed a prayer at the altar one time, or I prayed a prayer with somebody. And that refers to the fact that you are a Christian. But is there more? Or is there less? You might say, you might be with us this morning, and you might not have had great experience with Christian people. You might have had um, some Christians tell you that you're going to go to hell if you don't do life the way they tell you you're supposed to do life. You might have had arguments about beliefs. You might have had some very discouraging encounters with Christians. And that's understandable. Um, you know, over history, we've seen Christianity and bigotry and racism, judgmentalism, homophobics, um, you know, moralists who believe their way is the way. 
And they also relish the fact that everybody else but them are going to hell. I know what you're thinking. You're going, Daryl, you're a pastor, right? (laughs) I am. Have been for 32 years. Yep, Christians don't have the best reputation sometimes. I'm just, we sometimes they don't. But if you look at the Bible, the word Christian is only used three times. You only find the word Christian in the Bible three times. I have good news and I have bad news. You only find it in there three times. So what does the Bible say? Well, it says in Acts 11, it says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Actually, one historian um, has a comment about, there's some real controversial about Nero Caesar, if he started the fire in Rome or not. It depends on who you you read. And we all know that he he didn't have the best, um, he wasn't the best emperor, let's put it that way. Anyways, he says this. One one historian, historian says this about Caesar. Consequently, To get rid of the report, Nero fastened the guilt and the infliction, the most exquisite torture on the class hated for their abomination, called Christian by the populace. So Christians were called Christians by others. We see this in Antioch. But there's another word in the Bible that we see more often. That's the word disciple. The word we see more often in the scripture talking about the church and the followers of Christ is the word disciple. And that word, it basically means learner, pupil, uh, and uh, somebody that follows after somebody. You look for somebody, um, a follower. You fashion your life around somebody. I want to be like this person. As a disciple, you're looking forward to somebody. You're, or in, in today's world, as young people grow up in athletics, they normally have a poster, several posters of the heroes they have in athletics. And they want to be just like that. They want to have the same moves. And we see that in, 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 much, in, in much of our culture. Here's a definition of disciple. True discipleship embraces ongoing growth in all areas of their life. We cannot be content with looking like Christ in some ways while remaining unchanged in others. In other words, what this is saying is a true disciple is never satisfied because we have the model of Christ. A disciple, when fully trained, is like his or her teacher. And for us, that would be Jesus. Uh, if you, you know me for very long, you would know that I'm a Jesus guy. 
I'm all about Jesus. Jesus is the one that paid for my sins. My sins were imputed upon him so that I would be free. Um, I wasn't brought up in a, in a religious household. I had a, a phenomenal encounter with the living God that changed my life, 180 degrees. I'm not going to go into all of that, but to say this is that I, when I became a Christian, and I use the word Christian, because actually in the scriptures, when they say they called them Christians in Antioch, the word Christian means Christ-like. So it was a term of endearment. Those people are like Christ. And that's why they called them that. They are Christ-like. And that's what, when they seen them, they said, but those are the Christian people. Those are the ones that act like Jesus. They act like Christ. And so they, they, they referred to them in that Greek terminology, Christian, Christ-like. But in today's world, I would go as far to say the word has many definitions, depending on who you're talking to. And it, 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 you know, it just really depends. And so you might say, well, Daryl, what do you call yourself? I call myself a follower of Christ. And if I use the word Christian, which I do often, I'm not ashamed of it, I would say this, I'm a Christian, a Christ follower. I, def- I have to define the word Christian anymore. Because in some, some groups, being a Christian is being a part of a political party. That's the way they understand it. And it's, it's really out there. Some, some millennials think that being a Christian means you're a part of the Tea Party. True story. So when a disciple, when fully trained, is like his or her her teacher. Matter of fact, Jesus said this about discipleship. He said, a student, students are not greater than their teacher, but the student is fully trained will become like the teacher. And that's, 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 that's a good definition of discipleship. We want to become like him. He's given us the scriptures to show us how we are to interact with one another. We continue to grow in knowing, being, and doing. We are baptized. We become fishers of men or people obeying uh, obeying the marks of Jesus. We are transformed and transforming. We are transformed and transforming. It's ongoing. We move towards wholehearted commitment to God and his kingdom. In our, in our world, being a kingdom rule, that's Jesus' rule, what we call the here and now, the part that Jesus gives us now and the part that is coming, the fullness. But sometimes I wonder, this is a question, I wonder if we actually hide Behind the word Christian. Well, I'm a Christian. That's just a question. And it might be in links of, well, you know, I was confirmed, or, or I was this, or I was that. I don't know. What are we? This is what Jesus said in John 13. He said, Dear children, 
I will be with you only a little longer. So he's, he's talking to his disciples. He's preparing them for his death. I'm only going to be with you a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you cannot come where I'm going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Now remember that, you know, in Jeremiah it says a new, a new covenant God has given to his people. Jesus is that new covenant. Jesus is the fulfillment of everything of the Old Testament. He fulfills that. And then he says, look, pick up your cross and follow me. He basically says, do as I do, say as I say. Make it as simple as I can. Do as I do and say, as I say, and say what I say. And he goes on, he says, just as I have loved you, you should love other people. You should love others. You, your love for one another will prove that the world that you are, to the world that you are my disciples. Now, last week, we, we, we've been talking about um, reconciliation. Big word, reconciliation. But I'm telling you something. There is no real reconciliation without true love. There really isn't. Love for the Christian is fundamentally the foundation that causes us to be everything that we're to be. And I have to be honest with you, I'm constantly growing in love. I know that this might come to a big surprise to all of you, but I don't love equally. Maybe it's not a big surprise. Okay, thank you. But I know I'm supposed to. I know that I'm supposed to love like Jesus loves. And so, as in some of my quiet times, in some of the times that I sit with Jesus, it's like, I'm praying, Lord, help me to love the things that you love. Lord, help me to be example of you. Help me to season my words. Help me to be an example that honors who you are as our Lord and Savior. And so what Jesus is saying, they're going to know who you are, boys, my children, by how you love one another and how you love the things that I love. You will be my disciples. You will be my followers. And it is tangible and it's recognizable, and trust me, he says it's doable. He says it's doable. Matter of fact, he says, I will not ask you anything you can't do. And so, as we think about these two big words, which, which one are you being challenged with? Who do you want, what do you want to be I guess the real question I'm, I'm trying to ask here and maybe kind of just soft-shoeing it. Do you want to be a disciple? Or do you want to be a cultural Christian? Because there is a difference. And that's a hard word. But let me tell you why I say that. Because statistically, 83% of our nation says they're Christians. Now, I'm not a sociologist or anything like that, but when you come up with... I could, turn this, I could turn this over to the professor 
and he'd let you know. But when you, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you come up with 83% of a nation that says that they're Christians and you have the issues we have, something is not computing here, right? Would that be fair? Thank you very much. I'll get an A in your class, right? Can you just give it to me now and I won't have to show up? Thank you. That's how I got through school, by the way. <laughs> but, but that's true, right? So if you got 80, 80, so what is happening here? This is why we're talking about the word Christian that was only mentioned in the Bible three times. Twice in Acts and once in Peter. Only mentioned in the Bible three times. But what is mentioned in the Bible over and over and over again is that word disciple. Will you be my pupil? Will you be my follower? Will, can I, will, you be, uh, will you model your life after my life? Will you commit yourself to me? That's what it means to be a disciple. Now, this is what I think is cool. I think it's really cool when people out there look at people like us in here and say, oh, they're Christians, because that's a term of endearment. That's really, you know, I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to dish the word Christian. I'm just trying to say, look, let's, let's look at the realities here, right? Can we do that? Can we be honest? So what is it, what is it you want to be? Now remember this in John, uh, John 4. And Jesus has an encounter. I'm just going to buzz through this really quick. Jesus has an encounter with a woman at the well. John 4. And, you know, she was a Samaritan. He wasn't supposed to be talking to them. They didn't, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along. They have, they have a history. They, they're basically relatives from the past. But they despised one another. And he says to her, he says, there's going to be those who worship me in spirit and in truth. Those are going to follow me. Now, if you really unpack that to the fullness of what he's saying there, he says, those that worship me in spirit too will understand that I am the new covenant. They will understand that I am the Messiah. They will understand that I am the way, the truth, and the life. They will understand that I am the good shepherd. They will understand that I am the gift from God. They will understand that I am God incarnate. They will understand all this. So he's, he's speaking this language that is loaded. That is loaded. And when she hears that, it was, it was like she was confronted. And as you read the story, you know, she goes around, tells everybody, come and hear the man that tells everything that ever knew about me. And you, 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 you hear, it's like a domino effect. But they understood when Jesus... And that what made the, that's what made the religious people so darn mad at him. They were so mad at him because he's saying he's God. He's saying he's God. That's why Caiaphas rent his clothes. This man is saying he's God. I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I believe it with my whole heart. With everything inside of me, I believe it. And I don't only believe it by faith, but I believe it by fact. Now, those of you that might be with us this morning, 
like facts. You really like facts. There's nothing wrong with liking facts. You like the research. I think you should. So we have this little book. It's in the back. It's called A Case for Christ. 45 readable pages. There's actually 53 pages in it, but 45 will really interest you. <laughs> and what it is, this is kind of the cliff notes of a larger book, but what it says is Jesus' uh, resurrection, is it real? Is it doable? What does the historian say about the Bible? Is the Bible factual? All of its proofs are written in this book. And you can, it's just, this is just a launching pad. But if you're that kind of person, grab it. Read it. Find out for yourself. I dare you. How's that? We got a double dog. All right, we're moving. So we're, we got 83% of the nation saying something. And that focuses on Christ. I'm a Christian. Somewhere along the line, that word Christian links to Jesus, has to. It might get watered down along the way. I understand that. That's why we're having this conversation. But 83%. A decade ago, 96% of our nation had Bibles in their homes. Now, they probably had to dust them off. I, yeah, I understand. But, you know. So we, we live in a nation... That, that has this understanding of Christianity. We need to be a people that understands what it means to be a follower of Christ, which means you're a disciple. I'm not going to make any excuses for the word. It's biblical. Being a disciple means I'm a disciple of Christ. I live my life and I follow him the best I can. Let's have the worship team come forward. So this morning, the challenge is, how, how do you view yourselves? What, what would you say about yourself? And it's, it, just be honest with yourself. There was a time in my life that I had to make that choice where, uh, that I wanted to be an authentic follower of Jesus. And it was early on, but I understood that it was my choice. I understood that I had to fashion my life in such a way that would honor God. I'm still doing that today. So we're talking close to 40 years ago. And, uh, but I'm still doing it. What is it that I need to change? What is it that I need to grow in? What are the areas that I need, need to find, cultivate in my life that would honor God? So Because being a disciple means you're a lifelong learner. That's what it means. Lifelong learner. And I just want to, listen, I'm just trying to lay it out there plainly. As we move forward, as we move forward, what is it that you want to cultivate in your life? Let me ask you, let me ask it this way. What is it that Jesus is inviting you into? What is it that he's asking of you? And all I'm asking you to do is say yes to Jesus. That's it. I'm not asking you to become, you know, we're not going to stamp your underwear with the V, vineyard, O-V. You know, we're not going to do anything like that. You know, we're just asking you to say yes to Jesus. We're asking you to say yes to Jesus, and we're asking you, and how do you do that is he's, he's given us a wonderful roadmap. 
In the New Testament, you have four Gospels. You have the history of the church in Acts. You have Paul and others like Jude and James and, and Peter that are writing the church. And you, you, start, you start reading the, these words and you start saying, you know, they're having some of the same issues that we have today. They're dealing with some of the same, same challenges that we deal with today. And how did they do that? What is the exhortation? And so you start, start reading this and you start, saying, you start seeing very quickly how it applies to your life. And actually the Bible says that the word of God is living. It is living. And Jesus said this about the word. He said, nothing will change. That it, 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 it weathers time. And you'll see that in some of the documents if you actually take the challenge and read this little booklet. It weathers time. Because there's a lot of questions. What, which translation is right? Which interpretation? This and that. It's weathered it. It's phenomenal how the book of Isaiah, when they, when they Dead Sea Scrolls, when they found it, how close it was to the translation that we read. It's amazing. It's just amazing. And the only way that that could be what it is is by the hand of God. By the hand of God.